very glad that you could be here tonight. I'd like to introduce our guest, who, uh, with whom I have a, a geographic and semi-personal relationship. We knew of each other 30-some years ago. Uh, we were in rival uh, youth movement, Hashomer Atzayir, Hanoar Atzioni, Antwerp, Brussels, Brussels, Antwerp, so good, good evening to other Belgians who may be here. Um, and it's a, it's a pleasure to welcome someone uh, who was actually uh, uh, close in, in many ways uh, in my youth. Um, Joel uh, studied at ELB, uh, at the Free University of Brussels and at uh, Sciences Po in Paris, and he actually is a professor of political science at the at ULB, at the Free University of Brussels, and a lecturer at Sciences Po. And it's a great honor to have him. He's a historian of antisemitism, also quoted by other historians of that period of the war and so on. And he does research on antisemitism, on genocide, but as well on European integration and nationalism today. And we're very happy that he could come all the way from Europe to speak to us tonight. So welcome and please. Okay. Thank you very much, Raphael. Thank you very much, Charles. I'm very honored to be here. And it's really a pleasure. I love Montreal. I've been here several times. It's one of my favorite cities. So, Unfortunately, I'm a Francophone, fortunately, so I will, so it's not my native language, English, so if you allow me, I will read my paper, but I will try to read it as, you know, to make you understand what I'm going to say, because we don't have a lot of time, and I think it's better to be understood almost immediately. And the topic is quite complex, quite difficult. And so, I, my paper, it's called Pragmatic Antisemitism, and as I said to Charles, I'm trying to explain how you could be or develop an anti-Semitic policy without being actually an anti-Semite. But I think we have to be to separate anti-Semitism, let's say maybe policy behavior, and maybe anti-Semitic opinion. And one good example is, for instance, Pierre Laval, who used to be Prime Minister of Bétain during the Second World War. In the 30s, he was maybe pro-Jewish. He had no trouble at all with the Jews. And you know that in 1941, 1942, he followed German policy and he is the one who actually uh, gave the children to be sent to Auschwitz. And so his policy was anti-Semitic, but I don't think he, actually that he was. So if this is what we call, this is what my master used to, to call the policy of the lesser evil. If to say my compatriots have to give up the Jews, why, 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 don't, why don't I do it? This is maybe what seems to be the case in, in my he loves country. Maybe, okay. And uh, he asked me, this gentleman, if I was a Francophone, I'm born in Ghent, so I'm, I'm born in Flanders, but more or less I'm a, Fra I'm more, I'm a Francophone because my, my parents used to speak Yiddish, like many people here, and they decided to brought me in French because then the French was the leading part of Belgium, now it's the country. They make a bad mistake because I, I don't know Yiddish, unfortunately. But you know you are the son of your parents. You also speak Flemish? Not so well, but I, I do read it. Okay. Yes, definitely. So, anti-Zionism, this is the title of my topic, a civic religion. And the topic of today will be the, trouble, the troubling case of Belgium. So let's start. So, since 2001, Belgium witnessed a sudden rise in anti-Semitic incident. The worst year since 1945. On 28 January 2011, the Belgian weekly news magazine Le Vifle Express had published a lengthy report on the Jewish community in Belgium, which described the Jewish community growing concern resulting from the marked increase of anti-Semitism in Belgium. Yet, Belgium has not become the anti-Semitic country that certain people believe it, it ought to be denounced as to the rest of the world. Belgian Jews face absolutely no discrimination. Yet, one should be worried at the brusque liberation of anti-Semitic discourse. I don't know if it's brusque is English, yes? Do you understand? Brusque? Yes, certainly. Certainly, good. Brusque liberation of anti-Semitic discourse. From Catholic circles to the extreme right, passing through a large part of the left, diverse groups take advantage of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict to liberate anti-Semitic discourse. Antisemitism has reached the mainstream of Belgian society 
taboos that has been in place since World War II are being totally broken. Let me give you two examples that I suppose Raphael know. Some months ago, a comedian called Goebbels, I don't invent it, Goebbels, <laughs> said that the Holocaust could not happen again because the Jews are much smarter. They have spread across the world, try rounding them up. Most are in America, so you cannot send them by train to Germany to die in gas chamber. So it was supposed to be funny. On June 16, 2011, the Flemish regional newspaper Zwinkrant, distributing Knock, Knock, you know, the Deauville of Belgium. It used to be, it's not that it used to be. So Knock, I don't know what would be the equivalent here in Canada, maybe Miami, Florida. Published an anti-Semitic column entitled Red Squirrel, which declares that you are no longer welcome in Belgium. According to the unknown author, there are similarities between Jews, Israeli, and Nazis. Jews occupy Palestine as well as the Belgian coast. I quote. Have you ever tried to make a scroll in May on the Knock Grandad? It seems that the whole diaspora troops has flocked together. Men with their curls, their funny prongs, and black hats. The women wear rings and long stockings. The whole world belongs to them. Do they make way for you? No way. We are the choosing people, they serve. And then they wonder why we can't stand them. End of the quote. Anti-Zionist propaganda used to legitimate anti-Semitic position is now disseminated in Belgium. And before I will develop this idea, uh, let me make an important remark. Of course, it is not necessarily anti-Semitic to criticize Israel or Zionism, even if the criticism is harsh or unfair. Compare Israel to Nazi Germany, of course, is anti-Semitic, not to apartheid South Africa, even if the comparison is absurd. <coughs> Anti-Zionism should be considered as anti-Semitic when the criticism is visceral, unproportionate, unfair, fantasmatic. That's why, usually, when I write, I, I prefer to write radical anti-Semitism instead of anti-Zionism. Uh, anti sorry, instead of anti-Zionism. So, let's try to explain the phenomenon of uh, anti-Semitism in Belgium. The failure of the Israeli-Palestinian peace process could only be a part of the explanation. The anti-Israeli passion, there is, according to me, there is no other word to describe the current hostility towards the Jewish state, is far too big to be explained only by external factors, such as the conflict itself. Nevertheless, let us assume that the statu quo policy of the Israeli government doesn't help at all. Obviously, Belgian attitude towards Israel, and even now towards Judaism, are much more influenced by internal factors, according to me. So what are those internal factors? The first one is what I call the Catholic habitus, and I will show you some examples. Because I'm working also, I work a lot of images and representation. So what is the, the Catholic habitus which gave the Jews the role of the scapegoat and which dates back to the Middle Age? The Jew being responsible of the world misfortunes, you know, plague, cholera, and infanticide. This is very important, of course, of wars. Well, the second phenomenon, the second factor is the ra radical left habitus dating back to the Middle Age, which associated the Jew with money and then capitalism, now symbolized by the United States. David Nirenberg demonstrated that it was in the 12th century that revolutionary anti-Judaism appeared in Europe. This strange facet of anti-Semitism that makes the Jew out to be the exploiter by excellence. And I would say that furthermore, since the disappearance of the working class in or postmodern society, the Arab migrants are often considered as a new suffering class, the, I would say the, the substitute of, of the vanishing proletariat class. So third factor, a difficult relation with the Holocaust, especially in Flanders, where a certain percentage of nationalists did collaborate with the Nazi. So anti-Zionism is there an easy way to forget, forgive, or trivialize Flemish collaboration. Fourth factor, the emergence based of the intifada of the banlieue, this is a French word, to a neighborhood intifada, of the Arab Muslim Judeophobia, which holds that the Jew should be firstly considered as dimi, you know, second class citizen, and secondly, as responsible for all the wrongs of the Arab world. In Belgium, a few organizations 
with undemocratic ideologies are active on the political scene, including we have Islamist parties now in Belgium, and more recently Egalité, a Marxist Islamist party, inspired by the French humorist Antisemite Dudonier. Dudonier come often in Montreal, unfortunately. He's quite popular in this country. So, according to me, we have to add more factors to those ones. Three other factors that doesn't concern a priori the Jew must be added for being as, if not more important. The first one is the difficulty of the Belgian to dealing with their own colonial past, the silence around the violence perpetrated by the Belgian colonizator against the Congolese is astonishing. <clears throat> this amnesia is compensated by a feeling of guilt towards the third world and the temptation to turn aside the emotive charge of colonialism by a radical critique of, you know what, of course, Israel. Israel, the state of the Jewish people, towards whom the Belgian have also a sense of guilt. As my friend Georges Bensoussan, I think maybe now the, the most important Jewish historian in France, as my friend Georges Bensoussan said, the European blames us for the evil they did to us. <coughs> Within this vision, Israel is of course presented as a white state. Six factors. A certain dose of pragmatism. Above all, Belgium is a pragmatic country. As a former leading exporter per capita, Belgium must above all consider its commercial interests, which drive to a morality of variable geometry. What does it mean? It means acts of compassion tied in with geopolitics. Economically, it is far less dangerous to have a moral stand on Israel, Taiwan, Nepal, and Rwanda than China, Qatar, or Russia. Seven points. Belgium is engaged in a post-modernity crisis. And the question you know, it's maybe like less, more than Canada, would it survive this national contradiction, you know, the trouble between the Flemish and the Francophone, etc.? Personally, I doubt it. For 15 years, I speak about the death of Belgium, but you will see. So, it, Brussels is engaged in a postmodern crisis within the context of new demographic trends, the decline of Belgian Jewry and the formidable dynamism of the community of Muslim origin, which make it up around 25% of the population in the Brussels metropolitan region. Brussels is already the Western capital with the highest percentage of persons from Muslim origin or professing the Muslim religion. Population projections show that in about 2030, Islam will be the first religion in Brussels, not Belgium, Brussels, the capital of Belgium and Europe. The majority are naturalized Belgian or are Belgian by birth, thus some 23% of Brussels regional MPs are originated from the Muslim world, mostly from Morocco, a little bit less from Turkey. I'm also working in the Brussels regional parliament, so I'm dealing every day with those MPs. And you have to know that in the Brussels regional parliament, the socialist group mainly consists of members stemming from Morocco. 60% of the socialist MPs are Moroccans or Turks. All those factors combine to marginalize the Jews in Belgium. Well, they just demographically don't count anymore. And to transform Israel into the ideal scapegoat nation, a role traditionally awarded to the Jew since the lower Middle Age. To blame the Jew has always been a tactic that works. This unconscious record of the policy of the lesser evil, as I said in my introduction, explains largely the formidable resurgence of Judeo-Friedia among rightists, Catholic, as well as progressives. This habitus has a long tradition in the Middle Age. Rather than fighting armed infidels in the Holy Land, many crusaders choose to kill unarmed Jews instead. In the 19th century, rather than attack the true leader of finance, it was for the financier Jew that Proudhon, or Karl Luger in Vienna, would reserve the stings of their criticism. Today, instead of attacking Turkey, you know, with the Turks, Kurds, Morocco, China, Russia, or even the United States, one preferred to attack Israel for its human rights relations. By a subtle mechanism of transferal of animosity, the Jewish state has become the figure which substitutes for the rest of the world, and especially the United States, a superpower which is far harder to affront. 
In this case, the special relationship between Israel and the United States, of course, will help largely. If one is to believe the main columnist of Wallonia, Flanders, and of Brussels, we have three regions. All the frustration of the Arab world are a result of the non-resolution of the Palestinian question, and this from Morocco to Indonesia. By its arrogance, by its powerfulness, Israel, which is one of the smallest states of the planet, constitutes the main threat to the peace of the world. From there, the Israeli becomes the Jews of nightmares, a dark medieval nightmare, the one who crucified Christ, and today the Palestinian people, the one that endangers children, as of course Palestinian children, and the usurer who plots against peace. No other conflicts command such attention in Belgian press, political class, university, NGOs, etc. And recently, one of the most influential Flemish columnists, Luc van der Kehlen, is extremely famous, he's really number one, compared the Flemish to the Palestinian, and of course the Francophone to the Israeli. There's a clear identification. Don't they try to steal, to colonize the Brussels periphery, as Israel do in Jerusalem? And this is exactly what he said. Of course, the Wallonians didn't share this Flemish vision. For them, the real Palestinians are the Francophones. The Flemish playing in the editorial the role of the cruel Israeli. There is really a, a feeling, you know, of belonging part of this conflict. And it's very strange, <coughs> fascinating, I would say. So Palestine has risen to the status of a veritable, if it's English, civic religion. Thus, and I'm going to my conclusion already, thus anti-Zionism should be seen as the policy, as I said, of the lesser evil. For the Belgian of the third millennium, anti-Zionism is a matter of consensus and sense. Opposition to Israel serves the interest of many components of contemporary Belgian society, the left as well as the right, Catholic as well as secular, immigrant as well as Walloon or Flemish. Opposition of Israel is not the, the smallest common dominator, the policy of the lesson. Let us remember Second World War II, Second World War, when the socialist mayor of Liège, you know Liège is the second important city in Belgium, Joseph Bologna, who was a socialist and a Freemason, chose to sell the communists and the Jews to the Nazi to save the socialists and the Freemasons. And after the war, he was considered as a resistant and a collaborator. He was both, like François Mitterrand, I suppose. In a sense, and this is my thesis, the Jews of Belgium are victims of what should be called or qualified as electoral, or even better, pragmatic anti-Zionism, anti-Semitism. One could even speak about the case of anti-Semitism without Judeophobia, as it seems to be far more pragmatic and, and I would say, that ideological. In this sense, one should then consider anti-Zionism as a veritable cultural code. It acts as a fantastical evidence which serves to express all sorts of purposes. What kind of purposes? A tool for the Belgian to act as a virtuous country in foreign policy. You know, Belgium is very active in the Middle East. Second, a way to rehabilitate those Flemish nationalists who did collaborate with the Nazi. And I would say this is the kind of what I call the Schadefreude. It means that, well, if Israel is behaving like the Nazis, so it was not so terrible to be the ally of the Nazi. And anyway, we are even. Third, pledge for the integration of the new Belgians, the new Belgians being those coming from Morocco and Turkey. <coughs> the criticism of Israel has become the best way to please the new Muslim voters. If it pleads them to be anti-Zionist, let be anti-Zionist or anti-Armenian. And what is very important to show, to show that it's far beyond the Israeli question, is the question of Armenia, for instance. No one will speak about you know, hatred of Armenians. Everyone knows that Armenia has been killed, that there has been an Armenian genocide. But within the Socialist Party, it is forbidden to, to use the word genocide because of the Turkish voters in Brussels. The temptation to use Israel as a scapegoat is quite lucrative to please the new Arab Muslim electorate. During Israel-Gaza operation, the local Muslim population demonstrated its ability to quickly organize a series of mass demonstrations over the period of the war. Most of the Israelis were infiltrated by a group of Muslim extremists who equated, as you know, Israel with the Nazis, IDF soldiers with the SS, and the Star of David with the Svastika. The real problem was that all mainstream Belgian party did participate in those rallies, with the exception of the liberal conservative reformist movement. And this, in contrast to France, 
where only extreme left parties took part in such rallies. And there is a big difference between France and Belgium. I think. Belgium is a special case. The problem is not that Israel is attacked. Criticism of Israel policy is in no way shocking, but rather the manner in which it is done so, incised, manipulated, and impassioned. So, almost my second conclusion. Are there danger in being a Jew in Belgium? Not at all, unless perhaps you happen to be to, to wear a kippah, black hat, or you frequent, you, you frequent a yeshiva. Since the eruption of the Second Intifada, some of these Jews have become the object of vexation, and especially in Antwerp. Most of the violence attack was directed against members of the small but visible Orthodox Antwerp Jewish community. If you walk in the city as a Hasidic Jews, then some Muslim or Polish Jews usually will call you dirty Jew. And sometimes they will beat you. And it happens also in Brussels. For those who doesn't wear a kippah, like me, which is about 90% of Belgian Jews, it is still good to be a Jew in Belgium, on condition that they remain silent when one attacks Israel. They should be totally unconcerned about Israel, or even better, anti-Israeli. The Belgian case is interesting, as it might augur for the new place of the Jews in Europe in the third millennium, a marginal place, if not that of Paria. Parallel to the growth of population of Arab Muslim origin and at the same time the accelerated decline of the Jewish population, with the exception of France and maybe Britain, the marginalization of European Jewry will amplify as the instrumentation of the Arab-Israeli conflict. Even worse, I believe that we could be arriving towards a new phase of European anti-Jewish politics. Mm -hmm. It is instructive to remind ourselves of the three-stage definition of Judeophobia developed by Raoul Huber in his magisterial book devoted to the destruction of the Jews of Europe. So I quote Hilbert, Christ's missionary said in effect, he had no longer got the right to live with us if you remain Jewish. After them, secular leaders stated, he had no longer got the right to live with us. Finally, it was the Germans who declared, he had no longer got the right to live. Since Second Intifada, following the logic of the three stages, there seemed discernible a fourth phase of this millennium Jew hatred. And I quote myself, you no longer have the right to live with us if you're a Zionist or if you're a Jew with a capital G, which is to say you have communitarian feelings or are attached to the survival of the state of Israel. Added to the conversion to Christianity, the expulsion and annihilation, it's now the conversion to the new civic religion of anti-Zionism. In the eyes of European progressive, right, Alain court, one cannot define a Nazi state without being Nazi oneself, and one cannot criticize a Palestinian politician from a position of an advocate for peace. There is a new episode of totalitarian confusion among intellectuals. This is why I believe the Jewish anti-Zionists have become nowadays a modern hero of our postmodern societies. They have never been so much in demand. Not one television show, not one newspaper, and no one public conference without of those converts preaching the right anti-Israeli words. And you know, Stefan Essel is the best example you can imagine. He's a, he's a new icon in France and even in Western Europe. They are being used as the Jewish converts in medieval Spain. Never, the Shoah aside, had the gulf seemed so wide between Belgium of Jewish origin and their fellow citizens. In Belgium, the Jews' solitude is really, or already, palpable. Anti-Zionism is clearly the apex of the new cyclical evolution of millennium European anti-Semitism. As Pierre-André Tagiev has written, for many Europeans, a utopian future for the world would be a globe without Israel or even without Jews. Misguidedly, many Belgian Jews and indeed Jews from other parts of Europe seem themselves immigrating to more favorable environments. Maybe my, my niece is there. She's in Canada. I don't, I, I don't think there is... It's, if she's here, I suppose there are some reasons why she left Belgium. So, third conclusion, really, it's really the, the end. Will Europe finally win at losing all its Jews? It's a possibility. As Romano Prodi pointed out in European Voice, the former president of the European Commission suggested, in effect, and not without courage, 
that the negative image of Israel in foreign policy in combination with vestige of prejudice or veritable antisemitism force Europe to ask itself difficult questions. He would be happy if its words were a burden and Europe finally renounced its old demons. It is imperative to act. Must we really wish for a Europe without Jews? Thank you. Yes, um, I think very recently there was a sort of uh, manifestation de soutien in Brussels for Israel. Exactly. Yeah. And one comment I, I noticed, on, I think it was on the newsletter from the Cup, that uh, there was a lot of Protestants, representative, absolutely no Catholics institution were represented, which sort of fit in some of the things. But maybe you want to comment on that? No, no repeat. Uh, uh, according to what I read, they can see in French, so, because mm -hmm. you're Francophone, no? Yes. But uh, I don't know if the other people. But yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, the, the what I understand there was a. Uh, there was a demonstration this Sunday. But I was not there because I was yeah. already. There. And the comment I saw was that there was many uh, Protestant institutions represented, but that's all you Catholics. It's true. So if you want to comment on that. It's true. The, Things are a little bit changing, and it's true, but like in America, you've got this phenomenon of, of you know, with a radical Christian supporting more and more Israel. There is, a, there, there, there is this new phenomenon. Like the phenomenon also now will be that there is a, a difference between being a neo-Nazi and, I would say, a populist leader. It means more and more populist leaders are considering, you know, uh, being, you know, more connected with Israel than extreme rightist uh, and especially neo Nazi parties, etc. And this is the new phenomenon. And uh, there are some support, let's say. But I would say the mainstream Belgium, first, they're not concerned. And secondly, they, according to what they say on, on their television and, and what they read in the paper, they are really convinced that, for instance, Israel is behaving like a, you know, like a, you know, a, rock, a rock state, etc. Because the trouble is that, unfortunately, our media are, are biased. And, and this is one of the main troubles. I hope I answered correctly. Well, my, my question was really, how do you explain the absence of Catholic institutions? I think I what do you mean conflict? The absence of Catholics. The Catholics? Is there institution Catholic? I think I understand, but ah. I'd like your comment. Because I think the Protestants have a, a different, you know, how does it relation with, also I say with the Bible, but especially with, with yes. the Jews. This is the difference. And the Catholic, the, the Catholic religion now is more or less vanishing, you know, and uh, they try also to, to be as politically correct as possible. So I think it's the same case, I would say, the Anglican Church in Britain, where also they, they have radical stand against Israel. And, and this is the problem, I would say, of the, the mainstream uh, religion current. And in, it would be like this in Britain, it would be like this in, uh, in Belgium and even in France. Because the, the, those Protestants, they are marginalized, they are really one or two percent, you know, Belgium is a Catholic state, so the Protestants, they are really on the marge, it's few percent. Yes, you said something about an anti-totalitarian confusion among intellectuals. I'm curious to know that how this related to your topic, and if, did I hear you correctly, and could you elaborate on what you mean? No, this is, you know, this is more, more or less what Alain Finkelkraut said, you know, the confusion, something against, uh, it was an Zionism with totalitarianism? Exactly, exactly. Because, you know, the same, we say, and you will, because there are many Francophones here, what we call the phenomenon of les paupières lourdes. How would you say this? Well, exactly, and this was the case of the French intellectual towards communism, etc. You know, you people used to say, better be wrong with Saint-Paul Sartre than right with Raymond Aron. And more or less, this is the same problem now. You know, better be wrong with the Arabs than, than right with Israel. They stopped saying that. You know. They stopped, <laughs> <Yeah>. definitely. <laughs> but it, it took, you know, how, how long? Cool. Definitely with uh, Solzhenitsyn, finally, of course. But now we speak about anti-Zionism. We don't speak about totalitarianism and such. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm just wondering, um, isn't there any uh, feeling in uh, Belgium among the Catholics and Protestants, let's say Flemish Christians, against uh, this invasion of Islam, which really is taking over the country and all over Europe? Don't they feel that it's not right? 
No, but I don't think we can speak about invasion. I don't think I think I don't think there is an invasion. What what we're facing is, I would say, it's more migration. Yes, of course. I don't think there is because when you say invasion, it will it will means that there is a kind of plot, you know, a plot, and I totally disagree with this idea. The trouble is that you know there's the the crisis of the Arabic world, it means, and even of Africa, and they have to find a way to immigrate, and so they immigrate by masses, and we have actually asked them to come in the 70s for instance, uh, as, as workers. And so they came, and now uh, it, it, they are, well, they constitute large numbers, and definitely, as I said, in Brussels, they will, be, they will become the majority. But in a sense, you, can, you cannot, they're not united. And, and this is what I try to explain. It's not that they are united. It's not that, it, it's not that we can speak about the Muslim. The trouble is more different. The trouble is that our politicians believe that they constitute a kind of bloc. And then, to please them, they will be even more anti-Israeli than, than the Arabs. This is the trouble. This is what I try to explain to you. Because some Arabs are seculars, some Muslims are seculars, etc. But, you know, people believe that an Arab should be by definition anti-Israeli, uh, anti and that any Turks should be a, a, a negationist, you know, who should deny the, the Armenian genocide. And, and so to please them, they would, they, would, they, they, would, they would ask not to speak anymore about the Armenian genocide. It's even more perverse than, than How many what Jews I, than are I there in Belgium But, now? unfortunately, I will, as I said also, it's true that racism is growing up. And it's a terrible phenomenon. Even I mean, in it's France, very frightening. In France, there's a lot of Muslims. Definitely. There still is, is like, a lot of hatred against them. So I'm surprised in Belgium, they're, like, they're sort of like, they seem to uh, enjoy having them there, which is No, it's not. The trouble is that, you know, racism is growing. And up till now, it's... They, don't, they do not dare to express it, but when it's going to be expressed, it's going to be maybe or too late or terrible. Mm -hmm. And I'm a little bit afraid also of, of, the, of the situation in Belgium. And this explains why, for instance, in Flanders, it means an extreme right party, mm -hmm. they, will, they gain more than 50% of the percentage. Mm -hmm. It's a reaction. It's not only a reaction to the Frankfurts, but also to, to what they call invasion, and what I call migration. And I think it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the Jew being in between them. And, uh, and that's why also, for the moment, it seems to be more dangerous to attack, the, uh, to attack Islam than to attack uh, Judaism, for instance. This is why, I don't know if you heard about it, there was on Twitter, there was a kind of competition. And the competition is why to blame the Arabs. And finally you realize it would be too dangerous, because you could be killed. So finally they decided to criticize the Jews. There is absolutely no danger. And this, again, I came back to my theory about the fact that it's easier to blame the Jew, because, you know, well, they're supposed to be very strong, but everyone knows that they have no power at all. No Jews will kill you because you will, I don't know, portray Moses as I don't know what. How many Jews are there in Belgium now? And what, did they, did they, are they mainly people who came back after the war? or uh, who, uh, who are the Jews of Belgium today? Well, more or less the same that before the war. It means mostly from Poland. Mostly from Poland. So they came back after the they, war. They came no, even before the war. The Inquisition. Yeah. No, there not so many. There were some in Antwerp, yeah. but mostly they will. They, they came in the twenties, and only fifty percent were killed. Only fifty percent, which is not so bad compared to Poland and Hungary. So, so they stay there. So fifty percent. It means around thirty thousand people. Half in Antwerp and half in Brussels, and, and it's two different planets. Antwerp and Brussels. It's like I think Melbourne and Sydney. <laughs> Toronto and Montreal. You have a number of Sephardi Jews. Oh, of course. Sephardi Jews who came Definitely. in the early 60s or late 60s. Not so many compared to France. No, yes, of course. Well, You've got Lebanese, Because France, Marlins. you had all of the Algerians. Exactly. But still we have Ashkenazi, traditional, secular in Brussels. What we're describing here is the uh, emergent uh, anti-Zionism seems to be more for a projection of a deeper internal geopolitical crisis that, that seems to be manifesting itself within the borders of Belgium. It started off with two conflicts, and because of immigration and population, of course we haven't mentioned the German minority also, which is transplanted in, in a certain Beverly on, on, on the edge of, of yes. Flanders. So no, Wallonia. Uh, oh, oh, well, on, in, um, it's a part of Wallonia, the, Flanders, the, the German minority. In the east. 
Verrier, the member of the Wallonia region. It's in okay. Uh, we see the, the new transplantation of uh, a Muslim population which have, have not, uh, had not existed initially, which is a, a gaining force. I would call this really a recipe for uh, balkanization. If you will, we're having enclaves emerging. It does not seem very violent initially, but if we look back to the Balkans themselves, they look quite peaceful about 30, 40 years ago as well. Um, is there any possibility that this anti-Zionist trend is, is just a, how do you say, a precursor of deeper and a more intense nationalistic and racially motivated sentiments that will propagate themselves in the future that have nothing to do with the Jews? No, yes, you're right and wrong. You're right, of course. No, you're right and wrong. It's true that it's, I try to say it's a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon which is, which, and actually, that's why I divided, you know, my my paper into the, the, the uh, four factors which concern directly the Jew and three factors which doesn't concern the Jew, and especially the trouble that it, that exists between Walloons and, and, and Flemish people, and of course the trouble of people are not used to have so many foreigners. It's true, and, and so they don't know how to deal with them, with it. But I don't think there is a risk of Balkanization. I think that the well. Roughly speaking, there are two models of uh, nation. And there is, you, know, you know the Eastern model of nation, ethnonationalism, which exists in Flanders. And in Wallonia, you've got more the civic model of nation. And I think, and, and I think, and, and we live under the civic. Uh, and so I believe that in a, in, a, in a long term, I don't think there is a risk of organization. The risk is, as, as I said, but it's not nice to be, uh, in a sense, recorded. I believe personally that we live uh, like in, in the last moment of the Roman Empire means there will be a kind of fusion, like it, like it used to be, you know, the Romans and the barbarians. It's not that, it, it, I don't, I didn't say they are barbarians, but there will be, you know, migration and there will be a mixture. And as long as, you know, they, there will be a majority in Brussels, by definition, Belgium will have to redefine itself by integrating, you know, a part of the Muslim, I would say, uh, not culture, but in a sense, uh, preoccupation, something like this, even if there is a secularization. So this is my opinion. So no balkanization, but a kind of new society. Yes, in, in a sense. Transformation of the society, for sure. I, I, think, I don't think we could stay like this as you know, a white Catholic society. I think it's too late. It, it cannot. And for instance, the, the trouble we had here, I, I've seen your, your program when Tremblay, you know, a mayor in Saint-Denis, he, he wants to, to pray you know, before uh, in Belgium will be Unbelievable, you know, the, the one of your mayor, you know, he, he, there is a prayer when he starts. He wants to maintain it. He wants to maintain it. In Belgium, will be uh, since the century. And for instance, we had the trouble of our uh, Christmas tree. And maybe in, in, in 20 years, you know, Christmas tree will be something impossible to imagine because of this new fragmentation. So this is what I believe. So it's not pessimistic, it's not optimistic, it's a new reality that we have to face. A new reality in which everyone will be ordered skinned. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah. So there, there will be a part of regression, I believe. Well, the right of women, etc. And you see, for instance, uh, the question of uh, the theory, and even I, I, I saw in, in the United States, you know, the trouble with evol theory of revolution, Darwinism. We had a lot of Turkish uh, propaganda, you know, trying to impose new agenda in our public schools in Belgium. So we have to, we have to resist, if it's possible. So, but oui, it's a good question too, you know. They, they, there was, you know, people there not to confront the question because we are afraid of results. So there are very few Gallup opinion poll made, but there was one, two, one years ago, made by a Flemish professor of the VUB, the code of my university, the Flemish one, Echalbus, and he, he made a little opinion poll in uh, school, you know, on, on the youngsters in, uh, of, uh, of 
youngster in Flemish schools, and the result was that 50% of the les écoliers, how would you say, 50% of the pupils from Muslim origin went Islamite, 50%, 50%, and it was, of course, criticized because it was not politically correct. Because theoretically, you know, according to the Marxist theory, you know, poor people are not racist, only rich people are racist. <laughs> so it was, it was, uh, of course, he was accused, and he has to defend himself. But the results are, are there. It means 50%. And you know, also you have to understand that it's not an immigration like it used to be. You know, it's it's huge immigration. For instance, in certain neighborhood, 80% of the population will be from Moroccan origin. For instance, especially for instance in Molenbeek, so they live in a sense together. And they're listening to their radio, to their television channel, etc. So they're cut from the rest of the population. So, and this is the case in Brussels, only in Brussels. In Brussels is a special case. But I suppose in four generations it will be different. Let's be optimistic. Mm -hmm. Because modernity, and I, and I think will come through the female uh, liberation, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I mean... Uh, don't be so. No, because no, it I don't seems think so. from what you say that the Belgian people are integrating into the Muslim population rather than no, the no, it's not true. They are cohabitating. No, 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 it's not true. Don't misquote me. No, definitely not. It's not. Well, when you but they are, the they are looking at each other, you know. And, and and we have to also to accept the idea that, for instance, the, there are a lot of Moroccan politicians, as I said. Right. And so they are. No, no, we, we can speak about integration. They are integrated. There is an integration. And so there will be a kind of uh, mixity. This is what I try to say. Not uh, Bruxelles mm -hmm. A new kind of Brussels. Mixed. I'm not a priest or a prophet. Exactly a prophet. I want to ask you a question about yeah. your, the term you use to designate. same time you are saying that there's a very strong element of pragmatism mm -hmm. So I think there's a tension between these two things. Yes. You think so? Yeah. 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 I, I think there's a tension between No, because it's it's it, I would say it's a it's a it's a common denominators more or less, like this. Well, this this is in this sense. Okay, but would you because everyone will agree. Everyone in, in, in for instance, I, I work as I said in the Brussels Parliament, okay? There are many conflicts in the world, many conflicts. Congo and God knows how many women are raped in Congo. It means Syria, 40,000 minimum people killed, whatever. You know, you will find Chechnya, etc. Morocco, you know, with the uh, Sahara, you know. And the only, the only, I would say, resolution that my parliament made was against Israel. The only, the only, how to say, um, I mean, uh, not treaty, uh, how to say, convention. Yeah, yeah. Condemnation? No, 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 no. There was a kind of um, uh, convention between Israel, you know, economical convention between Israel and, and Brussels region. The only one which was broke was the one with Israel. No one will ever think about criticizing the link we had with Syria or with Egypt or with Tunisia. Actually, I, actually, I got back from Tunisia three weeks ago. In this sense, so it's pragmatic, but it's convenient. Like in a sense, Holocaust education was convenient. People believe that by teaching Holocaust or the Shoah, racism will disappear. So it was also a kind of civic religion, whether you believe it or not. It's a tool. And when I say anti-Zionism is a tool of integration. Because, you know, Arabs are, in a sense, some of them are happy that, you know, their parliament break off relations with Israel. I think they're happy. It's, 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 it's a good step, no, to say we are concerned with, with Palestine. Look, we break the relation with the with Israel. So it's pragmatic and it's civil religion. Uh, okay, what, what I would say is, is this. I'm, I'm bothered by the term religion because of what it's supposed Civic. Civic religion. Of what, it, of, of what it's supposed in terms of organized <laughs> system, of organized institutional arrangements and so on. I think, I, get, I, I, I think there's definitely a dogma that is being established a consensus, ideological consensus that's growing. Um, and what is interesting in your talk is exactly the pragmatic underpinnings of that, yeah. rather than the ideological ones. Although they it's are a picture. Also yeah. Because it's based on, and I will show you if you if you're not mad. But you know, there is a credo. Religion yes. means, a, and there is a credo. 
Palestine is right, Israel is wrong. They have prophets. You have many intellectuals who are prophets and will say and will speak on chair against. They had pilgrimage. You know, if you want, you know, if you want to, to go on television, you go to Palestine and, 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 and there is this kind of religion. And if you want I can I can stress I have to go back to my paper. <laughs> okay. Because yes. in my paper I, I really use, you know, I describe it as a religion. Yeah. With all that, the religions. That is exactly what I, was I know, really religion. But it's not propaganda. There are the propaganda too. If you read, for instance, there was this this war. There was this war against you know the, between Gaza and uh, between the Hamas, and I would say between the Palestinian and the Israeli because it's a war against the Hamas. And you know, in the press, no one stressed, no one speak about the rockets. It means it was like Israeli started the conflict, and that the Israeli are baby killers. You know, it's the only I would say conflicts when they will speak about the number of children killed. Like, like it could be, uh, and if you want, okay. Yeah. I appreciate, I appreciate the elements of transference, for instance, that yeah. you identified the, the, the Jew as baby killer. Exactly, for instance, and this dates back from the Middle Age. Just to pick up what Raphael was saying, it's interesting that you said that uh, anti-Zionism is a form of integration. Yeah, and this is where I think I agree with you. It's a, a form of religion. Integration used to be. Strong citizenship, exactly. health care, education, the rights of workers, the rights of migrants. And as the state withdraws mm -hmm. and does not provide these services any exactly. longer, we integrate by ideology and I would say religion is an appropriate term. That the state is withdrawing. Exactly. And, and it, it's more of a crisis in the Middle East with the rise of radical Islam and the Brotherhood taking over. But it's happening in the West as well. And so I, I agree with you, and I think it's it's a structural. So, but I think there's a sort of a structural. So the neoliberal globalization is, is playing a role in these forms of uh, identities and, and ideologies. Um, but I find fascinating. So I, I, I thought your paper, your presentation was excellent. I'm looking forward to Thank you reading the paper. We're, I'll just be a second. We're, we're having this uh, profound global crisis of anti-Semitism, of failed states, the rise of radical Islam. There's a revolution happening and our intellectuals, as you say, are missing in action. The media is missing in action. And when people like you come with serious analysis of this crisis of anti-Semitism, I'm struck by two things. Our reluctance to take it seriously, we sit here and say, it can't really be happening. You must be right wing. You, know, you must be reactionary and you conservative. All the epithets that are thrown at us. And yet, there's a revolution happening and we're asleep. So, I, I, so why do you feel that there's sort of this denial? And I just finished writing an article where I'm, I, I looked at how anti-Semitism changes. And at the moment of anti-Semitism's Contemporary anti-Semitism has never really been accepted. During the 20s and 30s and 40s, when the universities got rid of the Jews, people didn't. That was contemporary anti-Semitism. There was no effective response to it. We lost. And I think if you go back, anti-Semitism, once it's unleashed, is a very powerful disease. So how do we, as intellectuals, now that some of us are establishing this reality which is uh, terrifying, and yet there's this inability to accept it. So, do you have any ideas what to do? <laughs> we accept it, I think. The trouble is not we. We, as uh, some intellectual, who work on this question. The trouble is how to reach, I would say, the, yeah, the, the other, the, the intellectual, the, the journalists, etc. That's why we publish books, that's why we try to understand us, <coughs> but it's quite well, it's quite difficult to be understand, understood. Do you have any and ideas I, on this? No. <laughs> exactly. Some books, you know, I published some books on cartoons, etc. And for instance, I will organize in two weeks within, you know, the task force. And Canada will chair the task force next year. So within task force, I propose to, to organize, um, how to say, um, an exhibition on anti-Semitism. There was never, there is no books on Belgian anti-Semitism. And I, it will be the first exhibition of this. And I started from Van Eyck, and I will show you, and I will stop with anti-Zionism. 
So this is my response, intellectual response. So my response is not to, to how to say, to demonstrate that people are anti-Semite, but, but sometimes that they speak like anti-Semite, which is different, because, because the, the trouble is, since Hitler, no one is anti-Semite, and anti-Semitism has, has been ne never so high. So that's really the trouble. I show you, let me, please, if you don't mind. So for instance, when I try to say the difference between anti-Jew, anti-Judaism, to my students, and anti-Semitism, the same between anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism. And this, for instance, this is a representation of anti-Judaism. Because, you know, you see the little girl, she looks like, she's normal, she looks like exactly like a Christian, the synagogue and the, and the church. The only difference is, well, they belong to the same humanity. The only difference is she's blinded, she's in error, the, well, she's Jew, and, and the lens, if you can see the lens, is, it's, it's broken. Because the alliance between God and the Jews vanished. But if she converts, she will be an equal. So it means in anti-Judaism, what you don't like in the man is the Jew. So let's convert. In anti-Semitism, what you don't like in the Jew is the man, so you kill. And this is, and it's very difficult for usually people to... Everyone will start anti-Semitism in the 19th century with the creation of the world. But this is a French painting of the 13th century, it, and it's already anti-Semite. Because already it characterized the Jew in a terrible way, and it showed that the Jew is allied with the demon, and it's of course Judah. And it's very important to start, <coughs> and it's the same, I would say, between anti-Zionism. So the, what I say to my students, that anti-Judaism, anti you don't like Jews for what they are, Jew, for what they do, you know, Pesach <coughs> instead of, Passover instead of that back, uh, and this is anti-Semitism. You hate the Jew for what they don't do. They don't, they don't kill children. They don't disseminate plague, etc. And it's the same with anti-Zionism. I would say normal anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism, as far as it exists. You don't like Israel for what they, for what they, for what they did. Maybe I don't know colonization whatsoever. But radical anti-Semitism, anti-Zionism is you don't like Israel for what it, it, it doesn't do. Children to to be to, to control American policy, etc. So this is what I will. This is all the representation of the Middle East, and my exhibition will start with this painting. It's my favorite painter, Van Eyck, and it's called the Triumph of the Church and the Defeat of the Synagogue. And this is not anti-Semitic. This is uh, anti-Jewish because it it it, 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 it describes the Jews as what they are, what they are supposed to be, blinded, etc., in the error. This is Van Eyck. And this already is anti-Semitism. Because it's funny, it's from Liège, and it represents Pons Pilate, who was a Roman, as a Jew. So the, I would say the Pons, they side, they side is already anti-Semitic, because it blamed the Jew for what they didn't do. It was a Roman who killed Jesus, not the Jew. And it's funny to say that in the 13th century, Pons Pilate was represented as a Jew. And uh, this again, and so the Jew become the responsible of the evil. And this is in Tournai against in Wallonia, Jews being burned because they were supposed to be responsible of the plague. And this is now again in Belgium. If there is a trauma, if there is problem with the within the world, in the Arab world, it's to, it's to blame Israel. And so this is a very famous. I don't know if you know Raphael. Our church, Belgium, the, the main church in Belgium, where the kings are. Crown, it's uh, Saint Vidule. It's organized into an anti-Semite, uh, into an anti-Semitic myth. The fact that Jews there's a try to they they are they are they are they are they are they the they <laughs> And so, etc. And so, for instance, this was this was uh, taken in the main Flemish carnival, Carnaval of Alost, and it was during the Intifada. And Jews were, you know, the, 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 this is how the Jews were depicted. And this was not considered as anti-Semitic. And there is a, there is a better representation than this one. I find it. Those are not people from the Jewish character, those are people... No, no, they are, they are Christian. They're demonstrators. No, not demonstrators, it was for fun. 
Voilà, and this is the cover of my magazine, magazine, and this is, you know, this was the organizer of the carnival. You see? And this was considered as normal. And, uh, and funny. 2011. Yeah. You think it's funny? No, they don't. No, it's not this one too. Of course, they think it was funny. And of course, because I've got a lot of. I'm sorry, and of course, if you want to act, uh, you have to, what you have to show is this. This is Col Carnival 1933. Exactly the same, during the Nazi period. And this, of course, annoyed them a lot. So this is the, I would say, the, the intellectual answer. To say, okay, you're not anticipated, but you behave like Nazi. And another example is, but it's... But it's I, I thought it was there. Just a, a, if I can make a statement while yes. you're looking. I did an article with a colleague, Ed Kaplan, where huh? we showed the connection between anti-Semitism and Israel bashing. And what we found was that people who were uh, Israel bashers in our scale, we interviewed 5,000 people in Europe, um, they're 13 times more likely to be classically anti-Semitic mm -hmm. than the average population. So yeah. there's a very strong correlation. I, I believe so. And this is another example. You know, this was Oxfam, yeah. a campaign against Israel. And it's always connected to blood. And I've got a beautiful poster showing that during Gaza, also the demonstration, to ask people to demonstrate against Israel, they will show baby. It's always the fact that, you know, the Jews are baby killers. And this is something which is, I would say, disgusting. If we, if an intellectual speak like this. This, this gentleman has been waiting for a long time. I'm sorry, but I'm black. Organization that was presumably the Belgian. Well, it was the Belgian section of Oxfam. Because it's shocking to me with the Oxfam in Canada, or do they have any say <coughs> on their standards? But Oxfam actually developed uh, also uh, more or less an anti-Zionist policy, as far as I know. So maybe it's changed, but uh, it's always to be the case. So uh, they, they were several campaigns of Oxfam against Israel, and always based on the blood. I have a question. It's a little tangential. I'm sorry. Uh, we, we, you, you discussed a convenient, practical, pragmatic yeah. and you know you, you had a different opinion. Yeah. Uh, I, I and the migration of Moroccans. Yeah. You mentioned that, and right away that I thought of when we had separation in Quebec in '76. Well, René Lévesque was. There was a migration of Jews to Ontario. Of yeah. the order of tens of thousands, forty thousand, and right away the politicians in in, this, in the in Quebec said, "Well, the Moroccans are going to just replace," and they did. Forty thousand Moroccans migrated to Canada. Mm -hmm. you know, and it was, it was sort of seamless. Some Pardon? Moroccan Some of those Moroccans were Jews. Yes, I realize there was a. Oh, it's not, this is not pure, but I'm right. just saying it, it was. It, it was. Uh, we were supposed to be fearful of what was happening. And all this stuff happening in Europe, we're not seeing it. You're, you're, you're not? No, no, I'm just saying that. Good for oh, you. I'm just trying to say that yeah. we, I didn't fear the separatists after, oh, the, separatists after the event. Yes, that's all I'm saying. Yet we had a very traumatic event that happened in Quebec. And like I said, they, they replaced them and that was it. So this migration stuff is you it's natural. Yes, of course, I, I believe it's natural. The question is Historically numbers. speaking. The question is numbers. And I think what I like very much in Canada is the fact that it's really mixed. This is nice, you know, the fact you don't have to... The trouble is that in Belgium, you know, the minorities, there are two... There is one big minority, it's the Moroccans. It would be better if we would have Indians, we would have, I don't know, and people from Latin America, etc. And to have a real, you know, a mixture of people, where there are no minorities, only minorities, more or less. I don't mind. I don't mind about being a member of a minority because I'm a member of the minority. The question is that it's uh, it, the, the trouble is that what we call the minority will become a majority. You, you understand? Yeah, it's really different. Israel has the same. What? Israel has exactly the same problem. Maybe two. If they keep the territories, I discuss it. Well, when the, when the, when the, when the <laughs> migration happened, when the migration happened quickly, uh, the, 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 the joke in, 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 the, in the Moroccan community was, "Hey, we got our we, we whatever we bought, they're businessmen. They bought their businesses at half price. Hey, you know, it was, it was a tough." And their homes to to boot, and their homes to boot. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. You know, it was 
two-edged sword. So too many questions, my God. My English is tired. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, en français, mais non. On est au Québec ici. On est au Québec. You mentioned, you mentioned baby fun. killers. I was reminding of something I saw on French TV uh, about ten years ago. There was a debate on bullfighting, and a young Toreador yeah. was saying, "Mais je ne suis pas méchant. Moi, je ne tue pas des enfants comme les, un, un soldat israélien." Yeah, exactly. He probably had never seen, met any Jew in his life. He was so young from the south of France. And he had to say, I'm not a bad guy, I, you know, I, I don't do kill bulls by, uh, to, because I'm sadistic or something. I'm not like an Israeli soldier who kills exactly. children. And, this is something and that's part of the culture. Exactly. And that's dramatic. It's, exactly it's part of the credo. Like the article you read from Knopf uh, Lezout, yes. it reminded me of the horrible things you, uh, that you could read in the time Dreyfus Affair, exactly. or in the Parole, or in the Jusque Partout, or in the and all these things. That's scary. Yeah, I agree with you, it's scary. And it's even more scary that it, those articles are not condemned. Exactly. The, the center of the against racism decided not to go against them. There's a question in the back here. Yeah. Uh, well, my question was an answer, so just to reduce the statistics, my question is actually. Uh, you were saying that 25% of the Brussels population is now Muslim. Origin, let's say. Origin. What about the rest of the country apart from Brussels? And, and when you take Brussels specifically, how does it divide up between uh, secular and religious? Do you see a lot of hijabs and niqabs in the street? Is it a, a very strong part of the of the Muslim population? What percentage would you say are entirely secular as opposed to entirely religious? <coughs> Theoretically, research would say that 70% of the Muslim immigrants are religious, are believers. 70%. And and. 20 years ago, you wouldn't find a lot of veiled women, and now you'll find more and more. Yeah, more and more. It's a new phenomenon. There is a return to religion. And, uh, There's and a return to religion? Reli oh, definitely a definitely return, yeah, especially for female, definitely. But, and and the, concerning the proportion, Brussels, it's well, quite unique. As for actually, it's around 15%, a little bit Liège, and the rest is few percent. So it's really Brussels. And the big cities, Antwerp, the big Just on this last point, say return to religion. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion here, specifically about women who never wore a hijab or niqab in their own countries and are wearing it here as a political statement. Exactly. Specifically. Yeah. And many also, you find many uh, uh, um, conversions from French Canadian Roman Catholic to Islam. By, by marrying uh, uh, marrying Muslim men, or even without, and they're starting to wear the hijab as well. So we we know the exact proportion or approximate proportion. Let's say it probably would would, would, would approximate in in all the Western countries. What proportion would be actually really going back to religion, or are doing this as a political statement to say we are here, like it or not, that's the way it is, and that's how we're showing you that we're here. No, there are no statistics. But what we know that there are a lot of conversion from Catholicism to Islam and Hinduism. It depends your level of your your social income. If you're rich, you will become a Buddhist. If you're poor, you will become a Muslim. That's why it is. It's a question of fashion. But you believe there's a percentage who are young, even young people too. No, no, young people more. But you do believe there's a percentage who are wearing it just to make a political statement that are not really religious. No, I think they are religious. Most of them is... Or they may be forced by their... Uh, and it's true that in yes. certain neighborhoods also you could be forced. And this is more the case, I would say, in the Bordeaux in France. But even in certain areas in Brussels. But it's both, you know. It's, you have to be plurifactorial. I think it's both. Uh, but there is a phenomenon in my university, which is secular and created by Freemason. Imagine, my university. You will find more and more, you know, female from Muslim origin with the, with the veil, which is totally new. But it's the same if you go to Cairo, it would be the same. You know, 40 years ago in Cairo, no one, no one wear a veil, and now it's the case. And in the same in Tunisia, and almost everywhere. The veil is permitted in the university. Yeah, it's not French. Yeah, yeah, no, the veil. Of course, why not? But not France because France is forbidden. In the school. In the school. In the school. In the school. Not university. School. Not the complete. No, of course not. Not the complete, but it's very rare. You won't find a lot of hijab, of hijab, and no, no, you won't. Population and there's not a Salafist insurgency. No, say. of course not. No, no, no. There is a Salafist party actually, but no, no. As I said, it's not dangerous to live in Belgium. It's not dangerous. You have a last question because we're like. I think it's when you talk about the.
Pragmatic